I feel humbled tonight to share the word after all the great preaching that I've heard. But you know, after a while, that, that fire just begins to burn in your bones. And uh, you can't shut it out. There's a couple times I thought maybe I was ready. And uh, I began to wait and just wait and wait some more. But I trust tonight that what the Holy Spirit has placed in my heart in my life will touch your heart, your life tonight. Because only Jesus, it's only the help of his Holy Spirit that does his work. Now he knows that it's not a one-time, one-time thing. But it's a, a, a daily waiting on God. A daily spending time with him. You, you, you don't know somebody unless you spend time with him. And my precious wife, I, I love her so much. She's not here tonight. She's having some issues with her heart. So just remember her in prayer because I know she's going to be okay. But I miss her. I haven't preached, I don't believe, one time without her, her being with me. And so I feel a little empty without her, her here, but I'm, I'm full inside. And uh, tonight, I want us to look at 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 4. 1 Samuel chapter 4. Take me a moment to uh, get there. 1 Samuel chapter 4. There's a difference between chapter 4 and chapter 14. <laughs> chapter 4 of 1 Samuel. And I want to share something I, I feel compelled by the Holy Spirit to share. Verse 14, but before we do, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we feel your help. We feel your anointing and your presence in a special way. And Lord, I, I feel humbled being around some of these other great preachers, and I've learned so much listening I think of not just Pastor Scott, but I think of Pastor Eric, Lord, that has just blessed our hearts. And Lord, the richness of your word. And Lord, we know that you're here, and I ask you to touch our ears that we may hear. And Lord, go deep into our spirit and help us to appreciate what we have in you. Help us to appreciate your Holy Spirit and that great word of God that we can just delve into every, every day. And I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray that the great anointing of the Holy Ghost will touch our hearts. Help us to preach with the fire of God burning 
so rich. I pray, Lord, for that person that doesn't know you or that backslider that is got away from you. May this be the night, may this be the moment that your Holy Spirit does a special work in their heart to draw them to you, we pray. So we give everything to you and thank you for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. This is probably one of the saddest pictures in the Word of God. A man that one day knew God, but all of a sudden he went to sleep spiritually. The Word talks about his eyes being blind. Not really blind, but losing sight. And some people lose their sight. They don't have the sight they had years ago. How many can... <laughs> Concur with that. But something greater than losing a natural sight is losing our spiritual sight. That spiritual vision that God places upon our heart and upon our life to stay true to that vision, to stay true to the Word of God. It says in verse 14, And when Eli heard the noise of the crying, he said, What meaneth the noise of this tumult? And the man came in hastily and told Eli. Now, Eli was 90 and 8 years old. Now, I want to stop right there for just a moment. Israel had just gone to battle, and they'd lost 30,000 men at one time. 30,000 men. That's a lot of men to lose during a battle. But Eli lost two sons. You'll hear about that in a moment. Hophni and Phinehas. I want to back up for just a moment. Eli was the one that marked the lips of Hannah. Where was Hannah? Hannah was at the altar praying. She got a hold of God. She got a hold of the presence of God. And I want to zero in uh, tonight on the prized possession. The prized possession. I don't know about you, but I haven't had many new cars. Linda and I have just bought a car, and I, I prize that as far as the gas mileage. I mean, we just went to Kentucky, got 60 miles a gallon uh, going to Kentucky. That's unheard of, and that makes me happy. It, it's a prize, especially with the gas prices the way they are. But I want you to know it is nothing in comparison to the possession that you and I possess inside our heart and inside our life. There's a treasure. Hallelujah. There's a treasure inside our heart and inside our life. Eli forgot the treasure. He forgot the anointing of God. And they went after the ark but they weren't in the place they needed to be and they still lost the battle because their hearts were not right. And so the message came to Eli. Eli being 98, his eyes dim that he couldn't see. And this man said unto Eli, I am he that came out of the army and I fled today out of the army. And he said, what is there done, my son? And the message 
messenger answered and said, Israel is fled before the Philistines. And there hath been also a great slaughter among the people. Thy two sons also, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead. And the ark of God is taken. That's the sad part. The ark of God was, was taken. And it came to pass when he made mention of the ark of God that he fell off his seat backward by the side of the gate and his neck brake, and he died, for he was an old man and heavy. And he had judged Israel forty years. And his daughter-in-law, Phineas's wife, was with child, near to be delivered. And when she heard the tidings that the ark of God was taken, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and travailed, for her pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the woman that stood by her said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast born a son. But she answered not, neither did she regard it. And she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel. Say that with me. The glory has departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory is departed from Israel for the ark is taken. And the ark symbols the presence of God. An awesome thing to lose the anointing in the presence of Almighty God. And I think of the woman at the well. She was happy to find the source of truth. She was happy to find water that satisfied her. Living water, yes. In that water, Jesus said, I'll give you water that you'll never thirst again. <laughs> Can you see her running in town and saying, I found it. <laughs> I found him who told me everything about I found him. I found him. With that kind of excitement, guess what happens? People are charged and changed because of us sharing Jesus. I found him. Ha <laughs> ha. I found him. Glory to God. We found him. And tonight, that's why we're under the tent. We found him. We have found him. Hallelujah. 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 Can you imagine Saul on the back of a horse or a donkey, whatever he was on, and all of a sudden, Jesus knocked him off. And here he was laying on the ground. Who art thou? I'm the Christ that you've persecuted. I'm the very one. You've persecuted the church. You've persecuted me. He was blinded. But later on, he was able to see. But inside, hallelujah, something began to transpire in the life of Paul. His name changed from Saul to Paul. I want you to know when you come to Christ, there's a new name written up in glory. Hallelujah. You may have fallen off the horse. You, you may have gone to a low place, 
But hallelujah, when God changes us, he brings a revelation of who he is, the son of the living God. Hallelujah. And Paul, what a, what a testimony of the power of God. People didn't want anything to do with him because they were afraid of him. And you and I probably would have been the same way if we'd been in that situation. But all of a sudden, their eyes began to come open. And they saw the ministry that God had placed in him. You know, every one of us have a ministry. Every one of us. Maybe God knocked you off a horse. Maybe he knocked you off a horse of pride. Maybe he knocked you off a, a situation you were in and, and caused your eyes to behold the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Every one of us that are here tonight, you've experienced eye-opening experiences. My wife and I were driving down the road here about three years ago. And she was driving and I was praying and God gave me a vision. I haven't had a lot of visions, but I'll tell you, a vision like this will open your eyes. It'll wake you up. I had a waking experience. And God gave me a vision, and I saw a world globe. This was before the pandemic hit. A world globe. And I saw every nation gathered around that globe, black, white, yellow. I mean, it, it was glorious seeing what they were doing because they had joined hands in unity, worshiping God, and guess what happened? The Holy Ghost fell. Great joy came in that car and came into my life. And you know what it was? It was a restoration of the joy that I had when I was a kid, 12 years old. God restored that joy. Say, well, what, what happened? You see, through the years, if we're not careful, through the years, if we're not careful, we can lose part of that joy. I'm not saying I didn't have some joyful experience, but I'm saying I didn't have that overflowing joy. And God said, I'm going to wake you up. And guess what? He did. And every day, every day, he puts poetry in my heart, within my life, out of worship. And He's gifted me with that. It had nothing to do with me. It's a direct line that God has given to me as far as poetry. And you know why he gave it to me? He said, Llewellyn, I'm going to give you this poetry to encourage, to help people, to help people that are not getting into the Word, and I'm going to remind them to get back to the Word. Every one of us have a gift. Every one of us have a gift to use for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. How many believe that? Every one of us are bearing fruit one in one dimension or another. And you know what I like to do? I like to pick the fruit. I look at Scott. I like to pick some of his fruit that he's bearing. I like to taste the sweetness. I look at Brother Eric and to taste that sweetness, to taste that fruit. And Wally and Willie, these two guys here, oh my gracious. They, they should have been brothers. They're brother-in-laws. But these guys have lifted up my arms. They've helped me through some hard times as far as fixing up a place that we call the haven of rest. And 
I, I want you sometime to come there and see what was happening. A haven of rest, a place of getting away, a place of drawing close to God, a, a place that we can have men's meetings and women's meetings, a place of retreat, but a place of calling out to God and feeling his presence. Hallelujah. So Eli noticed Hannah praying at the altar. You know what he said? Hannah, you know, you're a child of the devil. <laughs> you're, you know, you're, you're drinking. You've been drinking. No, I haven't been drinking. I've poured out my soul to God. I found him at the altar. <laughs> I want you to know, when we bow at God's altar and we give him our all, the Holy Ghost of God will touch our lives, will place fire within our heart, within our spirit, and our, our lips become his in worship and in praise. You know what that does? Touches the heart of God. And he pours out his presence to touch us. Nehemiah, bad news. All, all kinds of things were happening. But you know what? Nehemiah says, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to wait before God. You know what he did? He sat. He sat for days just calling out to God, praying to God. And what did God do? Put a vision in him. Put something within him, said, Nehemiah, here's what to do. And that's what we have to do. We, we sat before God, and there comes a time, God says, it's time to stand up. It's time to face what you've got to face. But I'll put in your hands what you need to finish the race. Some of you might be weary. You might be wondering, how in the world am I going to get through this? I want to tell you, God will place in your hands, he will place in your spirit that which you need to finish the race. Hallelujah. Every one of us have a race to finish. I may be closer to the finish line than anybody here, but I want you to know, if anything happens to me, I'm ready to meet him and go with him. In, in glory, hallelujah. I think of Isaiah. And this is what happens. We, we, have, we have to press in. In Isaiah, seeing the king, seeing uh, King Uzziah, and had his eyes on him. When we have our eyes on this world, when we have our eyes on things around us, we're going to lose out with God. But the word says about him, when Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. When the treasures of this life die out, there's nothing to that car out there. Everything we possess, it belongs to God. It belongs to the King of Kings. And those treasures are nothing in comparison to the glory of Almighty God. What's your prized possession? What do you prize most? Do you prize that intimacy with God? That intimacy with God is more important than anything else. You know how, how I interpret intimacy? Is this. In prayer, in 
to my heart. See. And when you ask God to look into your heart, guess what? He's going to show you some things. And you cry out to him, Lord, look into my heart. You know what God does? He allows you to look into his heart and see the broken heart of God, sometimes weeping. If you wept over Jerusalem, I'll tell you what, he's weeping over America. He's weeping over this world. And I believe that intimacy with God will bring us into that proper relationship. The upper room. Imagine in the upper room, they had to get some things straight. God didn't just come and send that mighty rushing wind that, that quick. They had to do some waiting. They had to get some things right. But I'll tell you what, when, when they had that one accord, God brought them into that place. It wasn't a Honda either. It was one accord, but it wasn't a Honda. And when God brought them into that place, the fire of God came. And that's what it's going to take today, the unity and the closeness of the Holy Spirit touching our heart and touching our life. I like the Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, talks about a treasured kiss of intimacy. A treasured kiss. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. You know what that is? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of Almighty God. What do you need? I need every word. I need every word. I want to spend that place and that time before him that I get what he's trying to say. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Here we possess without seeing. There we shall behold what we see. Our citizenship is in heaven. Our conversation means our, our conversation. Our conversation, our, we belong there but in this life, our citizenship still is in heaven. We talk the word. We live the word. We have that word dwelling within us. So our conversation becomes well-pleasing to God if we want that possess, uh, treasured possession. Then I think of 1 Samuel 4 in 22 when the glory of God departed from Israel. The ark was taken. I think of the power of his anointing, what happened in the upper room. I think of Isaiah chapter 40. It says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to run and not be weary. They're going to walk and not faint. That's you and I waiting on God. He gives us energy. He gives us what we need to keep going. Hallelujah. He gives us his glory. Remember Moses. Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Moses knew what it was to see the fire. Out in the wilderness, and here it was. The fire burning that bush and not consuming the bush. The fire of God. And 
here one day he was standing, Lord, show me your glory. I, I want to see you. That glory is so important. Guess what? It's going to show in your face. It's going to show in your face. When you spend time with God, the glory's coming. Just, just, like, just like Brother Eric preaching here at the other night, the glory of God. I mean, you can see it all around him, the glory of God. Why? Because he was dwelling there. God wants us to dwell there, not to step away, not, not to go in a different direction, but dwell in his glory. Notice what the word says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide where? Under the shadow of the Almighty. You realize tonight we're covered. We're covered with the blood, but we're covered with the glory and the anointing of Almighty God. You spend time with God, guess what? God shows up. You talk about the devil, the devil shows up. But if you talk about, the God, about God, His glory shows up. And when you begin to praise Him, the glory of God shows up. Hallelujah. What a blessed dwelling place with Him. We need the glory. We need to be led by Almighty God. There's leadership as we listen. Now notice, he said, my sheep shall know my voice. Somebody said, I, I don't hear his voice. You wait on God long enough, you're going to hear his voice. Amen. You're going to hear that Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. This is a way. Walk in it. Then we have protection. Wonderful, wonderful protection. I don't know about you, but I've, I've been through some horrible, horrible things that I shouldn't be here. Driving down the road when I was 15 years of age. I got my license when I was 15. I wasn't speeding. I was going 35 miles an hour. It was a foggy morning. I was on my way to work. I had a summer job working in what they call in Maine a pea vinery. A big hardwood ladder a truck backed out in front of me. I didn't see it coming. But I heard the voice. I heard the voice of God say, jump to the right side of the car and scooch down. I didn't see it. But I heard the voice, and I jumped to the right side of the car, scooched down. The hardwood ladder came right straight through. The windshield broke my steering wheel, ended up the back window, threw the door off. The front of the car went underneath the truck. I come out with a little scar, a little... A, a little piece of glass cut my, cut my nose a little bit. I come out that way. You know what I was doing? I was fighting against the will of God for my life. God called me to preach when I was really young. And I said, God, I'm backward. I'm bashful, if you can believe that tonight. Backward, bashful, the whole works. I, I can't do it. God has a way to get to you. And that wasn't enough. Six months later, I was staying overnight with my uncle. I loved basketball. I wasn't probably very good at it, but I could steal the ball between some of the other guys, whatever. I was short, so I, I used my uh, agility or whatever to steal the ball and, and score some points, whatever, but I loved it. I loved it. 
stayed overnight with my uncle. Two o'clock in the morning, a voice came from downstairs. Fire, fire, fire. I got out with part of my clothes on, left my jacket, left glasses, whatever, just left things behind. I got out, and moments later, the house exploded. And I said, God, guess what? I'm coming home. I'll not rebel against you anymore. I'm going to listen to you, God, because you, you want me for a reason. I don't know why, but God, you want me, and I'm going to follow you. You may be listening tonight or watching. And maybe you've rebelled against God. The hand of God's upon your life, and you're trying to do your own thing. But I'm here to tell you tonight, you better listen. You better open your eyes because God's after you. The Spirit of God may, may speak to your heart and speak to your life. Don't turn him away. Get a hold of that, pos uh, that possession, that prized possession. We're, we're looking for a prize. And we're going to have it when we see Jesus. But I want you to know, I have it now. I have it now. It lives right here. It's a treasure. Far richer, far richer than silver, gold, far richer than anything. <laughs> a treasure. You know, I, I praise him and I thank him. I thank him for what he's done. I thank him for what he's doing. I thank him for the comfort. When you get through a hard time in your life, it helps to have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It helps to have the joy of the Lord, the fullness of joy. How long has it been since you've just felt the bubbling of joy come from your heart and come from your life? Maybe you've been looking at other things. Maybe you've been looking at your surroundings and they're not joyful. Somebody's sick, somebody's died, all kinds of things. But in the midst of all that, God is able to bring joy in the midst. I remember years ago, I saw this wounded dove. And I picked down, I reached down, picked up this little white dove. So gentle and so beautiful, sitting in my hand. He was to die in just a few moments. But you know what? At that moment, he comforted me because he took that experience with, it seemed to me, such peace. And I think how many times, how many times have we wounded Christ? How many times? Maybe it's a thought, maybe it's a word, maybe it was something that you didn't think was going to happen, but it happened. And we wounded the heart of God. And I think of the scripture that says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit. I wonder how grieved God is <coughs> when, when God is trying to bring people together. When, when God, it's okay, it's okay. When, when God's trying to bring people together, here's what he said. When you see the last day approaching, 
Assemble yourself together even as much more as, you, as before because Jesus is coming. He's coming. And how many have ever grieved him and you had to repent of grieving the Holy Spirit? Some people sell God out. I think of Matthew 19, verse 22, talking about a young man who had owned much property and had many possessions. He treasured them more than his relationship with God. When we treasure things more than God, we lose that, that prized possession And what's God asking? He's, he's asking us to return. To return to our first love. I counsel you to buy of me. I counsel you. The Holy Spirit saying that. In Revelation, here's what he says. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit says. Let him hear. Three different times. Let him hear what the Holy Spirit says. You know what God said to me when he started you know, speaking to me after that vision three years ago? God said, Llewellyn, I'm going to train your ear to listen to me. I said, God, I, I thought I was listening to you. He says, no, this is going to be different. This is going to be different. Have you ever asked God to train your ear? I never had. But God told me, I'm going to train your ear to listen to me. And that's, that's, where the, uh, that's where the poetry comes from, listening to God. And him putting in my heart and in my life something to write. And the Lord has chosen, it talks about Psalm 135 and verse 4. He chose the descendants of Jacob for himself. Israel for his own special treasure and possession. Think about this. Things that we waste. Can you imagine the food we waste? The clothing that we waste? So many things that we waste. And this scripture talks about, find it here, the slothful man in uh, King James in Proverbs 12, 27. The slothful man roasteth not which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. Just people shooting animals or shooting whatever and just letting them die instead of using that meat. We have so much all around us. I don't know about you, but the property that where the haven of rest is, there are deer there, there are, uh, there are four or five uh, bear. I don't mean scare you off, but there are bear on that property too. And uh, I, I don't really care for bear. I'm not going to set out anything for them to eat, for sure. That's the bear facts. Amen. Like one guy, one guy in Maine went up in, into a hill, and there are very few hills in Maine to go hunting. 
In the sign, they were bearing, uh, going bear hunting. In the sign says, bear right. The guy said, yes, there's bear here to the right. And they kept on going. And then all of a sudden, they come to another sign and said, bear left. Oh, no, they've left. And they come home. <laughs> Those are bare facts. <laughs> 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. Seeing ye purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, and to unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart. And I love these scriptures in 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 1, I'm sorry, in verse 3 through 8. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. Do you know you have a lively hope? By the resurrection of Jesus from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away. No one can take that from you. You may lay it down. You may walk away. But let me tell you, God's not going to take it, take it from you if you keep trust in him and believing in him. Kept, then he goes on to say, you're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein greatly rejoice Though now for a season, if it need be, need be, you are in heaviness through manifold uh, temptations. Then I love this in Isaiah 55 and verse 2. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligent unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself. In fatness. I want to be a fat Christian. I want to be a fat Christian. Say that with me. I want to be a fat Christian. You know what fat means? A fat Christian. Faithful. Available. And teachable. I want to be a fat Christian. I want to be available. I want to be faithful. If we're, if we're not faithful, God help us. We, we have the best possession there is. And to not be faithful, oh my, when I stand before him, I want to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful. Available. Somebody asks you to do something, or if God asks you to do something especially, are you available? Are you teachable? Or... Are we going our own way and not, not having an ear to, to hear and be teachable? I know some of you pastors, uh, you've, you've run up against that where somebody didn't want teaching. They just wanted to do their own thing. But you know what? We're, we're called to be fat and to be faithful to God. Hallelujah. I want us to look at Romans 12. I'll not keep you very much longer. Romans 12. 
verse 1 and 3, 1 through 3, and then also uh, 7 through 13. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, what? A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is, what? Your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. I love this where he goes on later in verse 7, I believe it is here. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according to God, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith or ministry. I, I want to pause right there. Let's wait on our ministry. Whatever God has given you for ministry, wait on it. That's what he's saying here. Wait, wait on that ministry. Because if, if we don't wait on that ministry that God places in our hands, we're in trouble. And like I said, he's given me a ministry of writing poems, and every poem I send out, you know what I do, Brother Scott? I pray over it. I pray for the person that I send it to. And that's part of the ministry. He's called me to preach, too. They called me to share that. And I trust that I can be an encouragement to somebody because I believe that God's given me a gift of encouragement. And I want to lift up the hands of the fallen. I want to feed the hungry. I want to visit those that need help. That's part of of waiting on God. And as we wait on him, he'll put in, in our ear and our spirit, go see such and such in the hospital. Go, go see somebody here. They're, they're down and they need you to lift up their arms and, and to be part of their life. You know what that does? It's a refreshing. It's a refreshing that God can use us in a powerful way. Can you say Amen. Hallelujah. The prized possession. Here's a little poem to go with a message. When God spoke, we awoke. A race, a race began to the end. Valued by God to embark on a journey, Jesus became our heavenly attorney. The Holy Spirit swept over our soul. His blood washed us and made us whole. Infilled by the Holy Spirit, we gave him control. Each day walking with him in heaven becomes our goal. The value of his precious gift, morning and night, he gives us a lift. A value beyond words we could say. The wonderful treasure is ours today.